Uh, um, so how much is that? For those of you joining us live or listening to this later, welcome to the podcast editors mastermind the podcast for podcast editors wanting to focus on the business side of podcast editing. We have something I think that's going to be really valuable for you today. Um, We'll be talking about marketing strategies for podcast editors, which is something that I very much want to hear about. But before we do that, we'll make sure that we introduce everybody. So I'm Brian Ensminger. You can find me at toptieraudio.com. Below me is... I'm Carrie Caulfield. Eric, you can find me at yayapodcasting.com. And October 29th, you can find me at PodFest Origins Halloween event, which will have amazing things going on, like speakers, for one, but then fun in between the sessions. Me and Lee Wehora um, of House of Lee NYC will be co-hosting the day, and we encourage dressing up. So I hope everybody has their ticket <laughs> so you can hang out with me while I am in a cat costume for a long time. A cat? Really? A cat? <laughs> Surprise! Yeah. <laughs> Hi, I'm Michelle Abendroth, and I'm tonight's representative from Roth Media Podcasting. And our guest today is Anisha Prachaseri. And I did check to make sure I was saying her name right. So Anisha is joining us. She is a marketing guru, I guess, strategist. Uh, she helps businesses focus on effective marketing plans and execution so they don't have to worry about whether or not customers know about their products, know what they do, that kind of stuff. And she's worked with some small companies you may never have heard of, like Reebok and Timberland and McDonald's, you know, <laughs> little, little tiny companies like that. Uh, and she's joining us today to talk about podcast uh, marketing strategies for podcast editors. I, I said that wrong. She's, she's joining us to talk about marketing strategies for podcast editors. So Anisha, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I, I never worked for the first two, but I worked for the last one. Oh, I, I pulled those off <laughs> your website. <laughs> I didn't want them to come after me. So. Okay. <laughs> but yes, yeah, something similar. Something similar. Okay, maybe <laughs> Thank you I guys just, for having me. Yeah, it's it's great to have you. <laughs> and uh we we have zillions of questions honestly for me as the host right now I'm going like where do I even start? So I guess that's my question for you Anisha is if somebody's thinking about marketing as a podcast editor and they're like a total luddite a total like they're just in the backwoods, what's like the first thing they should think about in terms of marketing their their services and their their companies? Um, well, th- this is the thing. Let me make it easier for everybody. Um, the, the one fundamental thing you want to think about when it comes to marketing anything is who are you talking to and what value are you bringing them? Right? Because if you figure out who's going to get the most value out of what you have to share, like if you're doing a podcast, you obviously have a topic in mind. What topic, um, you know, how is that topic bringing value to people and who's getting the most value out of it? Then you know who you're supposed to be talking to first, because where you want to start is you want to really pick out um, who you're speaking to. So you know where to go and how to talk to them. Right. So so pick your target audience first. So everybody always says this when it comes to marketing, like know who you're talking to, know who your ideal customer is. How do you like figure it out? Do you have some practical steps that, you know, people can start thinking about or doing like right now as they're listening? Uh, so the trick I normally use is, well, not the, not the trick, the, 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 strategy that, the strategy that I always use is I look at what I have to offer, right? And obviously, you know, as a business owner as well, you want to be able to market to everybody because if you, you feel like if I don't market to this group and they want to buy, I'm losing out. So you want to get out to everyone possible, but you have to start somewhere. My suggestion would be step back and look at what, if you're doing a podcast, look at what you're talking about and who would gain the most out of what you want to discuss and go to that group first, right? So who's getting the most value out of 
what you're going to talk about and then go there first. Pick out those people first. Does that make sense, Carrie? Yeah, but what if I'm not sure? Like, Go back and look at your content. Go back and look at your content. Look at your content. And, and when you look at your content, if you're not bringing value to anybody, then you probably need to redo your content. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> right? So, so the key is really to figure out who has the most chance of buying from you with what you have to offer. Talk to them first. Because then when you're marketing, to, you know, when, when you're doing your marketing, it takes energy, it takes time, it's a lot of investment. Um, and if you're not talking directly to the person who might, you know, be buying from you or listening to you that have the high, highest chance of doing that, you're literally wasting your energy. D- does that make sense? So pick yes. out those people yeah. first. Right. That's your most lucrative audience. Pick out those people first and then from there, slowly expand. And and I think I think, um, you know, a question, a question that we were talking about before this is, you know, to niche or not to niche. And I think it comes back to this question of absolutely niche first and then expand. Because when you talk to people, you want to be able to talk directly to them. You cannot talk to 10 different people who have 10 different questions and be able to answer all of them in your marketing material, you need to speak to one group at a time if you want to hit them straight in the heart. Well, speaking of hitting someone straight in the heart, I have a question about branding because branding plays a huge role in marketing. And I think it's really important um, for us as as a podcast editing company, as well as for our clients and other podcast editors to have branding that's very clear, concise, and consistent. So, but a question that we have kind of struggled with is how much do you pick branding themes, colors, looks, styles, based on what you like versus what your ideal client will like. Because honestly, my husband, Daniel, who usually is in my place, um, he when he started Roth Media, he picked out colors that he really resonated with. He was really passionate about. They were very strong, bold colors, such as orange um, and and gray. But our, our ideal clients are women, our life coaches that make six to seven figures. And that they're not going to... Um, that branding, they won't identify with that branding. They won't look at us in a lineup and say, oh, that's the company I want to work with just based on branding alone. So how do you pick branding looks, styles, messaging that resonates with you versus your ideal client? Am I going to get into trouble about um, answering this? Am I causing No, definitely not. Definitely not. <laughs> Maybe. No, no. He, he agrees that my idea is good, that we need to rebrand. And I've got future questions about rebranding. Michelle's the boss. (laughs) When it comes to like marketing and client relations, yes, he is the boss when it comes to tech editing, knowledgeability in in other areas. Okay, because I don't want to be causing domestic issues, Michelle. No, 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 not at all. (laughs) That's what Um, their business coach is for. (laughs) So, so. At the end of the day, the person you're trying to attract is the person you have to aim your branding at, right? Um, if you are not the ideal client, I mean, preference, perf- personal preference is one thing, but in order for your business to survive and to thrive, you have to be able to attract um, the customers that, that, that match your product and, and are who you're looking for. So at the end of the day, your branding and your marketing has to be geared towards them. It has to be customer centric because you're not but trying to there, attract yourself. Right. Is, but is there an argument to be made for kind of going off the beaten path and being unique and being different? I mean, because Absolutely. maybe our ideal clients are seeing, again, our ideal clients are six to seven figure, you know, women um, identifying people and maybe they're tired of singing pink and sans serif font and maybe they come to us and it looks different than other branding is there something to be said for that absolutely but that's a whole whole different topic from personal preference i completely agree with finding a way to stand out and be unique um and you know in this world where where with every one person there's a million different things attacking them and trying to get their attention you, you should be different and unique but you still need to appeal to them first 
Does that make sense? Yeah. So kind of find a middle ground, find something that you like that can be a little different without, um, yeah, I mean, there's got to be a compromise. It, it, you're, you need to be sure that you're targeting your ideal client, um, but make it something. So Absolutely. that was my next question is when it comes to branding, if you are going to be really client centric when it comes to your public facing, you know, everything, branding, marketing, is it like, how do you toe the line between trendy versus unique? What would be your recommendation for marketing to, for a podcast editor? You know, should they just go with like a coffee cup and, you know, really like kind of cafe thing, which is kind of trendy, or should they go with like, I don't know, a stein of beer, if that's more their style, what's less trendy? It depends on your audience. It depends on what appeals to them. Remember at the end of the day, think, put your, I, I always tell my clients this, put yourself in their shoes. What are they feeling? Where are you, where are you marketing to them? Where are they in their day when they see you? What's going to make them stop and look at whatever you're putting out there and say, Hey, I want to watch this. And I want to look at this because at the end of the day, what you're looking for is, is for you to attract them. Right? So you, you should be different. You should be unique, but at the end of the day, it should still be very customer centric. It should make them stop. If they're going in their social media, it should make them stop and look at you and say, Hey, what's this? I want to listen to this. Right. So, so I, I constantly tell people to really step into your customer shoes or your potential targets um, shoes and think what, try to think what they're thinking and try to go through those steps and see what they're feeling. And, you know, how, how are they feeling? How are you going to talk to them? Do you know what I mean? What would make, what would make them stop in their tracks and look at you and listen to you? You have to speak and, and say what's on their mind. And hit them straight in the head and say, oh, my God, I was just thinking that. How did you know that? You know, in your in your marketing and in your in your copy. Right. Because think about when you're scrolling, you're scrolling your social media and you see something that completely resonates with you. It's because that person who created that branding or that marketing really got into your shoes and thought about what you're thinking you know, what appeals to you? What are your frustrations during the day? What are your wants and your needs? And put that in their marketing so that it attracts you right away. Because at the end of the day, every business, whether it's a podcast, whether it's a product, whether it's a service, you're a solution to somebody else's problem, whether you're helping them relax, whether you're answering their questions, whether you're making their business easier, their life easier, whether you're giving them more results, everything in the world is out there to be a solution to somebody. Does that make sense? So, so what you need to do is you really need to have them resonate with you by getting in their shoes and figuring out, you know, what they're thinking, what they're feeling and how you're going to bring value to them to get them out of those frustrations that your product or service can be a solution to. Do you ever find it that too deep? <laughs> no, I am. The wheels are turning. So do you ever like, okay, perfect. um, ask your current clients about like, you know, to get this information that is resonating or figure out what is that thing that's resonating with them? Um, do you ever talk to clients Absolutely. about that? Like, okay. Absolutely. Your clients, and, and I'll get into this too. Um, there's, there's three main things things that I really see that a lot of people who are starting off struggle with. And one of them is not realizing that your existing clients is, is a gold mine um, in many different ways, right? One is that you've already attracted them. So, you know, if you speak to them, you'll know exactly what works and what doesn't. You'll get a whole spectrum. The more you speak to your clients, the more you'll get an entire spectrum. And you can, you can motivate them to do that and incentivize them to give you some insight. Right. And also people normally hang out or speak to people who have very similar interests to them, who have similar problems to them. So if you speak to them, you'll not only get insight, you might even get some referrals. Oh, yeah. Right. You, you might even. Yeah. So so your existing clients are, are, are honestly a huge goldmine. You can do so much with them to expand your business. And to understand more about your clients. Do you have just kind of some kind of like boilerplate things that you ask clients? Um, and I'm thinking even on the, because um, one of the things I do when I do any kind of consultation is I'll ask, how did you hear about me? Right. So do you have any kind of like 
boilerplate things, you just kind of get asked to get a little bit of insight in that first initial uh, interaction. So there, there's a couple different things. That's a great question, Carrie. There's a couple different things I do when I speak to clients. I engineer it so that I get everything at once, right? One, I want insight. Two, I want marketing material from them to use forward. <laughs> and three, I want new clients. Because look, in some industries, it takes a lot of energy to acquire new people, whether it's for your podcast or for your business. It takes a lot of energy, especially when you're trying to say something. Um, you know, it's people are always feel people always feel like you're trying to sell them something, obviously. Right. But if they hear it from somebody else, they're much more likely to, 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 to come forth. So when I talk to existing clients, I try to engineer my question so that I can use it later too. Yeah. One, I want to know exactly what attracted them. So I'll use questions like, what was it that, that made you feel like you want to listen to my podcast? What is it that you really liked about this podcast? And what did you feel that didn't resonate with you so much? So you know what to do more of and what to do less of. The key would be to ask very specific questions. Okay. Don't generalize it. Because then you know exactly what's working and what's not. And also ask these questions so that you know going forward, um, you know, what you can actually use to share about what your clients liked about um, your material and use that to be able to pull in new clients. Yes. Does that make sense, Carrie? Oh, yeah. No, that answers it. I like that. I have some other questions about that research, but before we do that, I want to take a question from Michael. Uh, he's He's got an editing business as well, and his question is, if you want to do editing for business clients, in other words, the client is the business or they're a leader in the business, how do you niche down and figure out who your client actually is? And especially, I'm thinking especially in the stage of starting out where you're somewhere in the range of like zero to three existing clients. Okay. Um, I think style has a lot to do with it when it comes to editing. Um, and this is, I think this is, you know, similar to people who do podcasts. It's the same as radio. It's even similar to some video. Um, at the end of the day, you know, everyone has a, has a certain style that will resonate with a certain type of client. You know what you're good at. Right. If you're good at that quick, um, you know, you know, uh, quick, fast paced editing or, you know, is is your editing a little bit more for the corporate side? Is it a little bit more smooth? Is it a little bit more exciting? Um, it really depends on your style. And also, if you're just starting out and you're still trying to figure things out. And you're specifically in the editing business. If you're editing, what are you editing for? Uh, Michael, if you could give me some insight, if you're editing for podcasts um, specifically, then you have to look at where your where your um, your price range is too, right? Are you just starting off? Are you working with new people and still trying to build your profile? Um, are you reaching out to these people, right? So it really depends on on where you are in your business and where you are as you're starting off too. Um, who is it that you can get access to first? Okay, great. So podcasts and uh, podcast audio and video editing. Thank you, Michael. Um, so initially I, I think podcasts, audio and editing is already a niche to a certain degree, <laughs> right? Um, video editing is a whole different ball game. That, that I think style has a lot more to do with it than podcast audio. Right. So so both of those are two different products that you hold, two different services that you hold that can appeal to two completely different groups. I'm going to talk about the podcast audio first. This in general, you want to look for people who are good at recording and not good at um, editing or don't want to edit. Right. Or people who are starting to scale up and they're starting to leverage um, suppliers and leverage other people. And certain people who are already doing podcasts sometimes don't want to edit their own stuff. They're not any good at it. So reach out to them and see what, what you can do with them, right? With people you actually want to work with. Is there a specific industry that you want to grow in? 
If there is, reach out to that group first and see what other people are doing also and get referrals, get reviews so that your business grows much faster. Video editing is um, much more style dependent. Like I said, it depends on where you are in your business, how big you are, um, what your price points are. I, I really want to tell you that everything comes back to the five P's, right? It comes back to your price point. It comes back to um, the type of people you work with well and who you can appeal to. Sometimes you need to step back and figure out who you work well with as well. Those are the people that you need to speak to more. Um, yeah, I hope that answers your question, Michael. I feel like it's going to give them a lot to think about. Yeah, there may be, we can always come back to more questions. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. So. So, so, so we've talked quite a bit about what I would call research, right? We talked with Michael about getting to know who that person is that you work well with and the price point and all that kind of stuff. What I hear as a person that already has enough to do on my plate is time, right? Yes. It, it can take a lot of time. And I don't really have a, a good perspective on how much time I should expect to to put into marketing and understanding my ideal client and stuff like that. So if we if I was to frame this up and say, okay, I've got a hypothetical 40-hour work week. I, I live in Nirvana or something, and I've got a 40-hour work week. How much time should I expect to spend keeping that relationship with my I, ideal customer, making sure that I know them, making sure that my marketing and branding aligns? Like, is it a once a year activity? Is it an all the time activity? And how do I approach that? Um, usually what happens is that takes the most time in the beginning, right? Because in the beginning, you're still trying to find your, your balance and figure out what you're doing. Um, time is definitely of essence, Brian. And, and the one thing I always tell people is be agile. You know, if something's not working, switch out quick right? And test different things. In the beginning, it's going to take a little bit more time. Later on, it will take less and less time because you have more of an understanding. And one of the greatest things that I, I always tell people to do, <laughs> and I always get this look on the faces, people don't understand how important looking at your data is. It's extremely important. And trust me, it's not as painful as you think. Look at the insights on your social media, Look at the insights on, on um, your podcast. See who's listening to you. Shoot out questions. It doesn't have to take that much time if you have a plan and you have a strategy, right? You can literally put out questions for people who listen to your podcast, see what comes back, and give them incentive to, to answer those questions. And if you do, you're basically engineering people to interact with you so you understand them more and faster, um, in the beginning, I would definitely put in time to understand who you're talking to, because after that, and what, once you leverage it, you know, it, it snowballs, right? And once you start to hit people straight in the target, it's going to attract in people much faster. And this is why niching down is also very, very important because when you're talking to a whole bunch of people, you're not talking to anybody. You're not hitting anybody straight. You know, when you talk to 10 people, it's very different from having a one-on-one -on -one conversation and talking to somebody exactly about how they're going to solve their problems. It's very different. You know, generalizing is not going to pull in a lot of business, right? So I would say to answer your question, Brian, uh, taking time initially to understand your clients would make um, your work that you put out much more lucrative, much more lucrative in the beginning and then maybe spend, you know, a couple hours a week really looking at the insight and the, the, the numbers and the information that comes in. That's all you need, really. It sounds like a lot, but, but actually you, you know, in the beginning, you might just need an hour or two a week, um, to figure out who you're talking to, come up with some questions, um, you know, put out some feelers out there, put out polls, right. On your, your social media and see what comes back. That's all that's needed really. So uh, real talk right here. I, I have a background as an analyst, so I'm not scared of okay, data, good. right? But, <laughs> I totally but, am. Uh. But at the same time, <laughs> I can are. look at data and I can run polls and stuff like that, but it's still a challenge to get a level of confidence that I've actually understood what's going on and I can actually, like, 
I, I hate to make it like the one, but basically like I've found the one or I've found the information like this is enough to know that I've got enough. How, how do you define where enough is? <laughs> um, it's almost like looking for the, the perfect life, right? It doesn't really happen. <laughs> well, yeah, I know. That's the problem. My, my suggestion would be um, my suggestion would be learn along the way. There's no destination, right? It's a complete journey. Trends change all the time time, topics change, interests change. What you want to know is what's resonating with the people you're talking to now. So in those couple of hours that you spend in a week trying to figure things out, um, instead of just figuring out content of what you're going to talk about, ask people, right? And then once you're done putting it out there, ask them what resonated. And along the way, you'll end up learning a lot more about people without spending that much time on it. Right? So, so, so ask people, hey, what are you struggling with now? Or what are you struggling? Let's say you were going to do a feeler before this interview. You'd say, hey, what are you struggling with your marketing so that we can answer this for you? Right. Or what resonated with you and what tested out to see what worked and what didn't after. And you'll, you'll start to see a trend and a pattern and you'll start to understand your people much more. Because as you're starting out, most entrepreneurs, we're not big businesses, right? So we're not going to be able to, you know, hire a massive data team and figure things out right from the beginning. All you can do is learn along the way. So the key is to figure out how to make that conversation through social media two-way and really interact with the people that, that um, have resonated with you in the past so that you can grow that crowd. And, and you know, it comes back to asking very specific questions. Sorry, Carrie. Oh, I was going to say, like, so just coming back from she she podcasts and just having casual conversations with people, and I guess maybe it's I guess you could call it networking. But yeah. you start to hear hear people say the same things over and over again, and that's how I, you know you know when you ask somebody how it's going. You know, a lot of times you'll get that struggle first, right? Or you'll get the what the problem or you're going to get some sort of like, here's the problem I'm having. And that's so much easier to do in person. It's, I think, a lot harder to do on social media. So do you have ways of like how to make that engagement just happen a little bit easier, like beyond asking specific questions? Are there any like best practices for kind of getting this feedback from your audience? Um, the key is to make it easy for them. The less effort um, the people in your social media have to put out, the easier it be, the more feedback you'll get, right? That's number one. So asking specific questions was definitely one. Two is make it easy for them. Make a poll, make, you know, you know something that they can just click and be over and done with, right? Or like um, find a way to incentivize them or, you know, put up polls of, hey, on these three topics, what do you prefer to hear about? Right. So specific things where you would get concrete answers um, would really, really help. Um, also, if there's somebody who listens to you a lot, you know, at the end of the day, I like to tell people this. Use social media to its um, to to its biggest power. Right. Social media is exactly that. It's a social interactive platform with just a screen in between. So talk to people as if you would be talking to them, you know, across the room and have a conversation, right? And if that requires you getting into the inbox a little bit or like, hey, hey, um, you know, let me know what worked for you or if you have follow-up questions for this guest, right? And give them that added value so that people feel like they're getting something out of it. Um, you know, so number one, make it easy for them to interact. Number two, give them added value beyond, you know, just asking specific questions and see what works and what doesn't. But like, it, like using a yellow background, does it make it? No, <laughs> I heard that once, like using a yellow background made people like want to engage with you. So, but there's no, like, I don't know I about mean, that. It's not that easy. Yeah. <laughs> No, but, but I will tell you this. Um, if you are using social media already, social media is busy enough. Keep it simple. You know, I, I, I see people putting out a lot of marketing with a lot of stuff on it. You just end up blending with everybody else. Keep it simple. And, and um, you know, when there's, there's, there's a lot of blank space and people don't have to think very much, it, it's, um, 
it gets their attention. Can we say more about that? Sure. Um, If you're scrolling your social media, take, take a look at what you're noticing. That's the same thing that most people are noticing. You're noticing beautiful pictures. You're noticing uh, people who look good. You're noticing, you know, uh, pictures of the beach. You're noticing things that are different from the other photos and stop you in your tracks. You know, if you create artwork that's super busy with a lot of text on it, most people are not going to, they're not going to resonate, right? You notice um, content and, and questions that hit you straight in, uh, you know, or, or speak to you directly of the same thoughts that you're having in your head. This is why knowing your client is so important because you want to repeat back to them exactly, exactly what they're thinking in their mind. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's good. I wanted to leave some space for Michelle to jump in because I feel like I've asked too many questions already. So I want to oh, give you no. a <laughs> It's totally fine. Um, but I did have a question. So, you know, going back to asking, you know, Brian was talking about you've done your research, you found your niche, you found what works for you. Um, then what is the best tool to grow? Because I might have niched down, but I'm still facing limited time. So where would you recommend as a podcast editor, I spend my time? Is it on networking and growing my business that way? Is it on my social media, you know, using Canva or any other marketing tools you might recommend? Or is it in um, focusing on ads and reading that data? Like we had mentioned, what would be your top recommendation for which direction I should head in once I have the information about my ideal client. Okay. So it depends on where you are in, in your, in your business, right? If you're just starting off, um, doing that research would probably where would be where I would, I would tell you to spend most of your time because if you're starting out and you don't know who you're talking to, you don't know what questions they have. You don't know what they struggle with and what their frustrations are. It's really hard to bring value on your podcast. Right. Once you understand them, then you got to network and get the stuff out there and let people know that, hey, if they come to you, they're getting value and this is what they're going to get value on. Right. And after that, I would use social network. But I probably if you're starting off, you probably don't have a very big budget. I'm not going to tell you to spend thousands of dollars on ads when you can just go into different groups with your ideal client or your target market, interact with these people, bring them value. You know, I always tell um, entrepreneurs that are starting out, there are all these groups on, 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 on social media um, platforms like Facebook, where people are up there, they're asking questions, they're waiting for people to bring them value and answer these questions. Be valuable to people and then lead them to your tool. Be very active in going out there and bringing value to people and people will start to notice you. And once they do, then you can pull them into your platform. Right. And then once is yeah, starting with where can I provide value instead of just where can I, where can people find me? Because people can find you if they're looking for you, but it's finding you plus seeing the value that you can bring to the table. That's key for sure. Absolutely. And, and the thing is people, you know, it's, it's an exchange, right? People will listen to you. They feel like they're getting something out of you. If they feel like if they listen to you, they're getting something. They're not wasting their time. So at the end of the day, if you know who you're bringing value to and what will bring value to them, then then bring it. Right. And the more you bring value, the more you give, the more people will will resonate with you and the more you'll attract them. So do you have yourself out there first? Yeah. Do you have some sort of formula for promotion versus uh, value sharing? I mean, I think at the end of the day, you should bring value even in your promotion. Um, Like I said, people, you know, in your marketing, in your even if you're just, you know, answering somebody's question in a group, I I would the formula that I would give you is this. Let's say you're going into a Facebook group, right? sought out as many groups as you can that have the people who are in your target market. Set a time weekly or even daily if you have it for half an hour to go in one group a day 
It doesn't take that much time, right? Go in one group a day, answer these people's questions and be frequent on those pages so that you keep showing up. It goes back to figuring out who you're talking to, who, which there might be a thousand groups out there, which is your most five most lucrative groups that you can go in and you can bring value and then bring it every day, right? For a few minutes a day on each page, spend half an hour doing this every day. Slowly, people are going to start noticing you. And then after that, Take them to your other platforms. Take them to your podcast. If you're on Clubhouse, take them to you know where you're speaking on Clubhouse and bringing value to them on where they they what they want to hear there, and then pull them in. At the end of the day, whether you're doing a podcast, whether you're doing every um, you know have another product or another service, you still have to be one step ahead of who you're talking to. And this this is another important point that a lot of people miss. Once you know exactly who you're talking to. You have to know the end game. Where do you want to take them? And where are they now? It's almost like leading somebody through an obstacle course, right? Where are you meeting them? Where are you trying to take them? And then how are you going to hold their hand and take them there? Are you going to meet them in social media? Get to know these people? Create your own group? Or are you going to meet them in social media and then take them into Clubhouse? Because sometimes people won't come straight into your podcast, Right? Are you going to lead them to your page and then into your podcast? Are you going to put snippets up on social media and then lead them into your podcast? How are you going to take them through this journey to get them to where you want to go? And this is very important is if you don't have an end game and you don't have a path, a conversion path to get there, you're going to get a lot of leads. People are going to know you, but they're not going to know where you're trying to take them. Brian, you've got this look, very confused look on your face. <laughs> I'm I'm just listening and processing. I'll probably have a question in a minute, but I think Carrie has okay. something. <laughs> oh yeah, I just want to say that that whole like going into fa- Facebook communities and like providing value was like that is what I did in the first year of my business, and I always you know an hour a day, you know was that's, that's all going in there and connecting people, and it it paid off um, in mm. spades. People um, want to know how I did it. That's how wasn't anything fancy. I just talk to people and learn things and help people. So that, that is like, I love, so super solid advice. Um, what I have run into lately is a lot of editors being very reluctant to put themselves out there. They don't want to make the post. They don't want to take the picture. There's something that's stopping them. What would you say to those people? I mean, <laughs> I, I, I got to tell you one thing, right? Um, I, and, and if you don't mind, I'll tell you a small story and you'll understand this exactly. I'm a marketer who, who does not like to market myself at all. I don't like being on camera. I don't like being in front of it. I don't like taking photos for social media. So if you look at my Instagram, you'll see a whole bunch of photos. I look like I like taking photos, right? I don't I like, I'm very private. And then COVID hit. And, and this is the thing, right? I was very comfortable in my business because I've got clients, I've got income coming in. I was comfortable in my space. And until you decide you really want to grow your business, you're going to be comfortable in your space and you're not going to want to do anything about it, right? My team makes fun of me all the time. They're like, you market for everybody else. You refuse to market yourself. And COVID hit and I realized that this comes back to value. I realized that we all are good at different things and and. You know, there are certain times in life where where um, we bring more value than other people. And there are certain times in life where we need other people's help. Right. And when COVID initially hit, I spent a lot of time just on the phone with people trying to help my friends pivot because their businesses were not online and everything where I was was completely shut down. And I got to a point where, you know, my team and I were talking and they said, listen, you, you really have to start marketing yourself because we have a company to run and you can bring value now. So I did it, right? It's a matter of biting the bullet and doing it because you know where you want to go. And I think with every business, you're not going to like everything you do, but you have to figure out what's going to get you where you want to go and just do it. Because have you ever heard that saying, build it and they will come? 
Whoever said that definitely was not born in this generation where everyone's getting attacked with people trying to get their attention, right? So unless you put yourself out there, it's not going to happen. But if you put yourself out there and you're talking about things that are passionate, initially it's just uncomfortable because you're not used to it. Just do it. And once you get used to it, you'll get comfortable with it. What was it like the first time you did a podcast, Carrie? Were you uncomfortable? Oh, terribly. Yes. <laughs> and then you got over it, right? <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. You know, the first time I stepped in front of a room to speak, I could barely talk. My hands were shaking. My voice was shaking. I forgot everything I had to say. But it's a barrier. And once you get over it, you get used to it. Everything is a muscle, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's you like have how to look you at can... where you want to go. Yeah. And and I hated having picture my picture taken. Like Oh, it, I, I I still don't like it. When I started my <laughs> podcast, this would not like two thousand fourteen, it would not be up behind a video camera. Oh no, you just would not see me. <laughs> um, exactly. Yeah. And but now it's know, just like, all right, here we go. Here we are. <laughs> and and what I want to say to those people is the first time is always the hardest. If you get over that hump, it gets easier every single time. So just do it. Just bite the bullet and just do it and get over it, right? And once you do it and you start really bringing value to people, you'll feel differently. Now I don't mind doing it because I've, I've been getting messages that, hey, this really helped me out. Hey, um, you know, can you answer this question for me? And you start to really feel like you're helping people. You know, and when that happens, the rest of it is small stuff. Right. So for for people who are worried about it, it's it's if you get over that first time, I promise you things will get easier. Just do it. We talked a little bit about getting into, for example, Facebook groups or something like that and doing some time each day. Uh, I think the one thing I'd like to put out there as a reminder is that if you're going to do that as your strategy, make sure that's where your ideal customers are hanging out. If if you're wanting to get business owners who, you know, run a brick and mortar business, you may not find them in the podcast movement Facebook group. You'll find a lot of other podcasters, which is great, but it's all about where that ideal client is. Now, taking that a little a little bit further, one of the things I wonder about, and I know that I'm not ready yet, but I'm like wondering how can I start to understand where I am? At what point should someone consider moving from what I would call relationship marketing, like we've been talking about in terms of answering questions, providing that kind of thing more toward using paid advertising or that kind of thing. Like what's that sort of tipping point where they go, okay, it's time to change your strategy. Um, If you see that what you're doing is working, right. And, and, And keep in mind, this is like you said, Brian, number one, you have to know where your clients are. Um, You know, that Facebook groups is an example. Right. But for for some other people, it might be um, getting yourself on a a radio show. It might be, you know, going into a a group where it's people building houses and going in and answering their questions there. It, It might not be, you know, specifically where other people like you are, but where your clients are. You have to figure that out online and offline. Right. And that tipping point for me when it comes to advertising is when you really know who you're talking to, you've been able to bring value at um at a relationship level um, and you're ready and willing to scale because that takes investment, right? If you don't know who you're talking to yet, you don't really know if your marketing's working. You don't even know if your relationship marketing is working and you put money into it and you're still not hitting your targets. You're literally throwing your money into the river. That's number one. Number two is when you start doing that, even if you're advertising and it's, or you're doing paid marketing, you still want to build those relationships and bring value through your content. Never stop doing that. Because literally advertising or, or your paid advertising, paid marketing is the same thing, but just on a more scalable level where you have technology leveraging your energy. But if where you're putting your energy isn't working in the beginning, it's not going to work if you start doing paid advertising either. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's kind of part of where my head was is, okay, okay. does adding money help? And how do you know when? Yeah. 
Well, if what you're doing is resonating with people and you're doing it organically and it's working, then use that same content and start putting it into things that are paid and use technology to help you scale. Right. That's what technology is for. It's helping you automate, use less energy, getting more where things are already working and it's helping you scale. But if you don't know if things are working and you decide to pay to do the same thing that's already not working, I mean, you could be spending that money on vacation. It doesn't make sense. Right. So until you've maxed out organically, why, why pay? And what is that max out point organically? When do you know that you're ready to kind of kick up the marketing a notch? Um, I think that depends on on what you're doing. But if you want me to answer that generally, um, yes. like I said, it's you've 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 kind of maxed out your your um, organic uh, marketing, or you're 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 personally reaching out to 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 get people right, or to bring value to people. For example. You've done every group you could possibly do, or you've done the the groups that really bring value to you. And they've got, let's say, uh, this group, you know, uh, these top 10 groups really have brought in people for you. Things you're doing are resonating, um, you know, with them. You're seeing that your content is making sense for these people and it's really bringing value to them. And you cannot possibly do any more or you don't have any more channels to test out and you know everything that you're doing is already working, then scale it. For example, if you're, let, let's say you're on Facebook in specific groups, right? And you've gone to 10 different groups, 20 different groups, you've scaled um, personally as much as you can, and you know the content you're putting out there is bringing value, use that to create paid advertising, to bring in more people where you cannot personally reach them. Right. Right. Does that answer your question, Carrie? Yeah. So you're doing well (laughs) and you're ready to bring on, you know, higher numbers. Essentially, Putting putting money into paid advertising. Sorry. Putting money into paid advertising is like stepping on the accelerator. If you're not going in the right direction and you step on the accelerator, you're going to go the wrong way much faster. Right. So make sure you're going in the right direction and you're going toward your destination before you decide to to step on the accelerator and go 200 miles an hour. And that goes back you're going to get to the wrong place real quick. Yeah, that goes back to knowing your your ideal clients and knowing your data. Right. And understanding your data and what's what's hitting and what's not. Yes. Okay. awesome. And yeah. And, and for some people, they say, oh, I don't know. I'm not really a people person. I don't really like building relationships with people. Well, then read the data. Oh, I don't really know how to read the data. Well, then build relationships. Figure out some way to get to know these people. Is there, right? is there like a, um, a, a, a resource? Sorry, um, Michelle, I know you probably have a question. But is there a resource that we or someplace we could go where we could learn how to use our data. <laughs> like, do you have any recommendations? There's, there's courses? Plenty, there's plenty of online courses out there, but you know what, where I would start is the simplest place. And that is, that is look at your social media, look at your, um, you know, look, look at, it depends on what channel you're on. Right. Sometimes it's just really, you know, keeping an, if you're, if you're doing stuff organically and you're not on social media, keep a notebook and write stuff down. Right. Talk to people and write stuff down and then go back and look at it and see, Okay, so this worked with three people I spoke to. This worked with five. This didn't work with anybody. So maybe I should stop talking about that. Right. And it really depends on what platform you're on. Look at like Brian said, look at where your target audience is. Are they on Facebook? Are they on Instagram? Um, You know, Helen in the chat just said she got some good leads on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is a great place if you're going B2B. That is the best place. If you're, if you're from most platforms for B2B, right? Did you hear that, you Michael? Go- <laughs> <laughs> you know, if you need to go out there organic, organically and speak to people, you know, are you a brick and mortar? Um, uh, are you appealing to the brick and mortar, um, you know, group of clients? Or are you appearing to, you know, more corporate? Is it B2B? Is it this? Is it that? You really need to figure out who these people are and where they are, where you can find them, where you can talk to them. And just go out there with the intention of bringing value and see what works. 
and see what doesn't see whether you start to lose them. Right. <laughs> and then, and, yes. then, and then don't talk about that again. <laughs> yeah. I have a question kind of piggybacking off of what Brian was talking about. And let's say you're ready to invest in advertising or you're ready to scale up and marketing is not your strong suit and you're ready to kind of offload it. And you're looking mm-hmm. to hire some of that work out. What would you mm-hmm. recommend are some good questions if I'm looking to work with a marketer or where should I find a marketer? If, if What would be your recommendations for getting started on that, on that journey? Um, I mean, there are plenty of, of websites and, and applications and people out there who, who, especially right now, who do really good work and who are looking for more and more work, right? And I think COVID has changed that for all of us. There's a lot of very... Um, you know, talented, um, talented people out there who are just looking for work. Um, you know, if you're looking for stuff with branding, certain types of marketing, certain types of content, Fiverr is a great place, right? Um, there's even LinkedIn, there's a lot of people. Um, so depending on where you are and what exactly you're looking for, um, there are plenty of websites. My suggestion is don't only talk to them, but look at their old work, look at their portfolio and see if that resonates with you. And if that resonates with your potential clients, ask them for their portfolio, ask them what they've done and take a look at it and see if it appeals to you. And think about if you were in your client's shoes, think about whether that would appeal to them. Right. But, but I mean, if you're looking for stuff like logos, if you're looking for stuff like, you know, videos and stuff, websites like Fiverr are a great place to look. Um, are there questions that would be helpful? So my, my first thought is just like, when it comes to looking to hire out a, a, a task, I would start with what's my pain point, right? And then let's say it is branding absolutely. or it's graphic design. I can do graphic design. I hate gra- doing graphic design. And I feel like having conversations with designers is really difficult because I have a clear idea of what I want, but I can't communicate it. So what would be questions to make sure that even if I, like, let's say I can't, again, communicate very clearly what I'm looking for, what would be good questions um, so that I can make sure it's a good fit. What, what, what would I be looking for? Um, then look for people who have worked for other people in your industry. For example, look for people who have worked for other people who have done podcasts because they've got more experience figuring that out than you do. And talk to a few of them and, and you'll start to be able to gauge and get a taste of what works and what doesn't. The other thing that I always suggest people is um, have a have a timeline of, you know, testing them out because you don't want to commit to working with somebody and having it not work. Right. So say, Hey, you know, let's, let's do a, have a little testing ground of how many ever weeks or how many ever months and see if this works for us. And if it doesn't, then, um, you know, we can each go our separate ways without you having to make a crazy investment long-term and being stuck with somebody. And if it does, then you can keep going with them and negotiate that from, from the very beginning. And speak to other people who um, who have had experience in 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 the same industry, right? Be able to to speak to other podcasters if you can, or speak to people who are your um, who have been in the market and see who they're working with and who they recommend. Um, there are plenty of groups for this as well, you know, and and awesome. and and look at their work. Yeah, thank you. So as we get close to the end, I'm not satisfied feeling about myself as I do currently. So I'm, I'm either needing to feel really bad about myself or really good. So I'm wondering, as you think about sort of the, the small business marketing, all of us being small business owners, I would imagine you occasionally see errors or mistakes and some that occur consistently. So I'm wondering, like, could you share with us maybe the top one or two mistakes that you see small businesses small businesses make with their marketing and what we should do instead? Sure. Um, one is, I, I'm going to go back, I'm going to go back, go, trace back a little bit. One is generalizing and trying to talk to everybody and trying to go too wide and trying to bring value to too many groups of people. Try, try to niche, niche down as much as you can. Okay. That's, that's really important because your time is very limited and your money's limited, right? So, so, 
Try to figure out and niche down as much as you can in the beginning and then expand. You'll get there. Don't worry. <laughs> You'll get to everybody. Don't worry. Right? That's number one. Number two is um, know where you're trying to take them. Right? Know where you're trying to take them so that you have an end game in mind. Um, the, the One of the pitfalls that I find is people try to be too perfect. They try to perfect everything from day one. People make mistakes. And honestly, people like it when you're real. Be real with them. Say, hey, oh, my God, I messed this up. Like, um, you know, and, and make it make it conversational. Like, oh, my God, I messed this up. I shouldn't have done this. I'm sorry, guys. You know, like, be honest with them. Use that to create a relationship, right? People try to be too perfect too soon and, like, you know, people can't resonate with you, you know? And um, I think the last thing is people try to talk at their potential clients too much. Um, I think the key is to, or they try to sell too soon, you know? Or the other pitfall that I find a lot, a lot, a lot is People like to talk about themselves and their own product instead of being customer centric. And I think that is the number one mistake that I see so many business owners and marketers make is they're too focused on themselves and their product. I have this. Um, this is my iPhone. My iPhone does this and it can take photos like this. And it's got this sort of technology. And the person across the, the screen is like, OK, good for you. What does that do for me? Right. And then they, they keep moving. So I think I think the number one pitfall, um, Brian, that I see a lot of people make is they're not focused on the customer and they're focused on themselves. You can talk about yourself as much as you want and people will be like, good for you. And then they'll move on. Right. Because they don't know what you can do for them. Yeah. Um, so I think the number one suggestion that I can make is. Make sure you're being customer centric. That is the most important thing and, and bring value to them. That is the most important thing in, in bringing people in. Nice. Thank you. Uh, one thing we do like to do is end with a Poddex question of the day. And so far, nobody has uh, seen this except me. I just drew it out of the deck because I forgot. This is just a fun question to uh, sort of spice it up at the end. It's very random. Today's question is, who's your favorite hero of fiction? And since I drew it, I get to go first. My my favorite hero of fiction is definitely Batman. We'll just ignore the mental issues and the personality disorder and the fact that the guy never sleeps and has a hero complex and just say, Batman's the guy. Sorry. That's <laughs> the one I like. How about you, Carrie? I would say... Uh, Catman? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so this is going to be not traditional, but I'm going to say Anne of Green Gables. Okay. Because yeah. she is kind of a bad, you know, so bad she's good. No, that's not it. That's, that's, um, I was going to cuss, but I'm not going to cuss. Um, anyway, she's really awesome and she does like help people and save them from terrible situations. How about you, Michelle? Favorite hero of fiction? Oh, it's got to be Severus Snape because he's hated <gasps> by the protagonists for so long. Yep. And you find out in the end just why he's so good. And it's heartbreaking. And he, like throughout the whole time, even when Harry and Hermione and Ron hated him, he still kept being the hero. And then, sorry, I'm just going to run on this super quick tangent. I actually just saw a TikTok like two days ago. And like they slow down the scene at the end where he's fighting off, um, you know, the... Uh, McGonagall, I think, and he deflects her um, curses to the Death Eaters that are standing behind him, and then as he operates away, he picks up the Death Eaters wands so they then can't like wake up from being stupefied and then fight against the students. So he's just like he's a hero through and through, and he's amazing and yeah, he's the best. Aww. How about you, Anisha? Do you have a favorite hero of fiction? You got me stooped right now. I'm like, I'm trying to think in my head. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't. I, I do. I do have a, a a favorite superpower, but I don't have a favorite superhero. Well, let's go with favorite superpower. <laughs> um, this movie's kind of old. It's going to tell my age. Uh, does anybody remember the movie The Jumper? Yes. Do you remember this movie? It's where you where he I can know. literally jump from one place to the other in like a split second. It's similar to. I'm with Michael. It's similar to Superman. 
Um, so, so basically, this superhero could jump from one place to the other in a split second. He could go from I, you know, I, I'm sitting in Bangkok, Thailand right now. I could go from from Bangkok to New York in like a split second. Um, you know, to to save the day or like save you know save save the day or save somebody in trouble. So that that would be my favorite. It's very similar to Superman. Nice, cool. Well, it's been great to have Anisha join us. Before we sign off, uh, Anisha has been a great guest. But I'm wondering if if there's anybody else that's interested in being a guest, Carrie. How can they how can they be a guest on the show? You would go to podcasteditorsmastermind.com slash be a guest and fill out the form, which will then go into our spam folder. <laughs> and Daniel will remove you and contact you uh, and give you all the good details. And uh, we'll, we'll go around the horn just one last time to say who we are. Anisha, this time you'll get the chance to actually introduce yourself rather than me doing it. And just uh, a place where you'd like for people to connect with you. So. I'm Brian Entsminger. You can find me at toptieraudio.com. Below me is... I'm Carrie Caulfield. Eric, you can find me at com. And on October 29th, you can find me hosting uh, a day of fun, Halloween fun at Podcast Origins. My name is Michelle Avendroth. You can find me at rothmedia.audio. My name is Anisha, and you can find me at Anisha PJA on Instagram. I also upload my um, an update, um, you know, wherever I speak uh, on my IG. And there's a few summits coming up where I'll be speaking, so I'll be updating there. If you want to um, want some insight and want to listen to more of uh, what I have to offer, very cool. So, Anisha, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks to Daniel. Thank you. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Uh, Daniel, thank you for being the Yeti of the chat and taking care of all of that stuff. Uh, for those that joined us, if you joined us live, thanks for being here. If you caught the replay or the podcast later, uh, thanks for joining us. And if you want to join us live, it's on Facebook. So bye. <laughs>